0: Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Hey, hot fun in the summertime. Man, summer, a lot of my good memories are summertime fun. Pastor Cheryl's going to show you that God is right behind fun. I mean, there's no one more fun than God, and He wants you to experience life that is full and fun. Fun is a strong, strong theme for us. And look, Pastor Cheryl's going to help you. You're going to enjoy this. Come on, get ready to have some fun.
1: So how are you liking the hair today? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a reason I asked that question we have one brush in our house <laughs> Pastor Carl who has very little hair who could actually comb his hair with his fingers took the brush and I was left to use one of Dylan's shaving apparatuses the little attachments to comb out my hair when it was wet last night it was a bit devastating and then when I told him he laughed out loud anyways So the other day, I was walking the dog. It was a bit of a rainy day, so I had my nice, bright, yellow raincoat on. And as I was leaving the house, there's a side laneway beside us, and this couple comes walking by, and this guy says, well, he's got the right idea. I went, I'm not a he. Take a better look. I have my baggy pants on and everything. And then the same day, I'm at the Value Mart behind me, And the young lady who was checking me out said, would you like to take advantage of the seniors discount? (laughs) And I said, what age is the seniors discount? And she said, 60. I went, oh my God, I look my age. Oh gosh, anyways. I was devastated. So I decided I better start wearing makeup a little bit more and wear my hair properly. Anyways, uh, we're on our Sunday or the summertime series about a summertime playlist, and this one goes back to Sly and the Family Stone. Anybody remember Sly and the Family Stone? <laughs> you have to be a certain age to appreciate that. That was either the late 60s or 70s, the days of sideburns and, and bell bottoms that were orange and yellow and all kinds of crazy colors. But I would sing it for you, but that would be really bad. <laughs> i would be very sad for you all but it's actually called the chorus goes hot fun in the summertime goes hi 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 and then it goes hot fun in the summertime and that's about all the singing you're going to get from me so Chantel's going to try and follow along with me i am really terrible at preaching and doing the powerpoint slide together it just doesn't work but god bless you for trying Anyway, summertime is especially important for canadians and it's a great season for having fun we have so many months of dark dreary winter that summertime is especially fun for canadians it's holidays camping beach time in the cold great lakes it's barbecues golfing late night campfires windows down in the car with your hair blowing in the breeze late night treks to the dairy queen for a hot fudge Sunday with pecans nina drobrev said this even though you're growing up you should never stop having fun amen will thomas and i love this quote he said something like this he said there's no fear when you're having fun just think about that there's no fear when you're having fun and my favorite character to quote is dr zeus when he says today was good today was fun tomorrow is another one amen As a person, I'm really serious about work. If you've worked with me or been here on a cleanup day, you know I am serious about work. When we were tidying up after camp and some of the uh, drywall was coming off the wall, I was very serious about patching that right away. And by the way, I'll have it sanded and painted this week. (laughs) Anyways, I'm really serious about work, but I am really serious about having fun. In fact, we're so serious about having fun that it's one of our values that you'll find in the welcome book on page 85 where it says, we make fun and enjoyment a massive priority in all of our ministries and all of our activities I like having fun If you haven't guessed by now, today's sermon is all about having fun and kind of asking the question, is God opposed to fun, which is described in the Cambridge Dictionary as enjoyment, amusement, and lighthearted pleasure. So we're going to talk about fun. So sometimes people might think this is a bit of a dangerous sermon. It's dangerous because it can be easily misunderstood, and it deals with an aspect of life that is too often preached as negative and sinful. I don't know, but have you ever heard those kind of sermons, having fun is a bad thing? I so disagree with that. I'm not advocating hedonism or a philosophy of always seeking pleasure and fun. However, I do believe that God intended for us to have fun. Fun and play are important to our well being. The Brown Institute for Play, now just stop and think about that. There's a whole organization dedicated to play and dedicated to the study of play and the philosophy of play. So I decided I need to check out their website. And lo and behold, there's a quiz. I and mean, if you know me, I love quizzes. I love doing surveys. So I took the quiz to find out what kind of playful person I am, what kind of play it characterizes me. And this is what came up, the Joker. The Joker play style shows up in modern adult life, like an extrovert who loves to entertain, make other people laugh, and they're the life of the party. Am I the life of the party? I don't know, but that's what they say. Anyways, that's my, um, that's my play style. Anyways, Brown from the National Institute of Play says we as a nation are suffering from play deficit. I don't know about you, but we just work way too hard. In Australia, we should do it like them. Six weeks of holidays is mandatory, amen? And I'm all for a four-week work week. Work hard for four days and play for three. Amen? It is a public health problem. He says depression, anxiety, irritability are all symptoms of a lack of play. When's the last time you played? When's the last time you had fun? Now, I can remember when I became a Christian. I spent several months kind of in a place of contemplation, really wondering what's going on with my life you know you know the story I come from an alcoholic substance abuse home and so my my family my siblings we all follow suit and I just got to a place around 17 or 18 when went, oh, geez, what's this all about? And lo and behold, three months later, my father got saved. And I knew that this was the answer I was looking for. I really knew that salvation and the born again experience had totally changed my father's life. He was a different man. And I knew that was my answer to my questions. But for weeks and weeks and weeks, I, had, I considered, I don't know if I want to become a Christian they're all kind of serious, they're kind of boring, there's no fun, I'll have to give up my rock and roll, I'll have to give up my boyfriend, all these things, because I had in my mind that being a Christian wasn't fun. Anybody ever go through that? Or am I alone? (laughs) Most non-Christians view Christianity as a religion consisting of a bunch of enjoyable things to avoid. (laughs) Well, that's a sad commentary on Christianity let's face it: some people are resistant to following jesus or exploring their faith because they feel christians are intolerant of god and god wants to crush their fun and i don't know how that all ha- happened and where that came in but i suspect it's from our our rhetoric and our angry god language became substantive in people's lives amen but having fun is an experience that is liberating, and you know, for fun to be fun, it requires two things. It requires active in- involvement and liberty and liberation from like uh, internal or external restrictions. And so I can all illustrate it this way. Um, I love roller coasters and things like that. So we were at Canada's Wonderland, and they had this ride called the Drop Zone. Anybody familiar with the Drop Zone? I'm afraid of heights, just so y'all know, <laughs> but I wanted to do this Drop Zone, but when we were in line I said, all four of us are going on together, Carly, Dylan, myself, and Carl, because if we die, we're going to die together. No one should be left alone. (laughs) So if you've ever been on the ride, it takes you up ever so slowly and hangs you in the air for, I don't know, it just seemed like an eternity. And then all of a sudden, you drop. Your hair is flying. Your feet are flying up in the air. And all I could do was scream with exhilarating childlike joy all the way down. And then when I get to the bottom of the ride, I go, Woo! that was so great. And this guy was in line and he says, I wanna have whatever she's having. Fun is so attractive, but I was totally engaged in that. I was involved in the ride and I was liberated from every internal or external restrictions because all I could think about was, am I gonna live to survive this? (laughs) Fun, I enjoy a lot of things. I enjoy dancing alone in my house with really loud music where no one can see me dancing, amen? And it ain't pretty, you know? I don't know, I heard that song, um, you know the Edge of Tomorrow movie? And they, they end the song with, I wanna know right now, are you gonna love me again? Well, I just burst into dance every time I hear that. Anyways, I love to declutter and clean. I don't think there's anything more fun than cleaning and decluttering my house. I know that sounds really strange, but it's really, it's joy for me. I love reading a fiction novel on the beach. Actually, that's a lie. I love reading eight fiction novels on the beach. I love sitting and having the warm sunshine hit my face. I love pressing my feet into the white sand. I love floating into the Caribbean and hearing the water in my ears. go glug, 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 glug. I love a cherry a uh, tub of Cherry Garcia at nighttime by myself watching TV. Although Coco is usually there waiting for a lick of the spoon. I love roller coasters and I love white water rafting. So I was sitting with the staff to, this weekend saying, you know, how do you guys have fun? And they said, and all their fun enjoyed, um, involved are the people, while well, we like to go out to eat, we like to go out to the movies together, like to drive around, do things like that. And then they said, what do you like? And then I listed all these things, and then Madeline interrupted me and said, um, are you an extrovert or an introvert? I said, I'm an extrovert, why? She says, all the activities you're listing are solo activities. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like doing things with my family and my husband. <laughs> So what are the benefits of fun? There are actual benefits of fun. Total benefits, stress reduction. It reduces the stress hormone in our lives. Enhanced mood. Fun triggers the feel-good neurotransmitters of dopamine and endorphins. You actually have feel-good transmitters. And it leads to improved sense of health. Improved mental health. Regularly participating in activities can reduce the stress, um, the symptoms of anxiety, depression, and improve your cognitive function increase activity and creativity. Fun involves exploring new activities or experiences and it stimulates your creative experiences. Social connections, generally fun activities are done with other people. So it reduces feelings of isolation, strengthens your immune system. You can have better relationships. You have a balanced life. Incorporating fun into your routine maintains a balanced life. Physical health, think about it. A lot of the fun activities involve your physical engagement and it it contributes to your overall well-being it contributes to your quality of life and studies prove that it contributes to longevity fun is good for you everybody say fun is good for me (laughs) incorporating fun into your life isn't just about short-lived enjoyment it's about a pathway to improve physical and mental health stronger relations and a more vibrant life overall fun is important hot fun in the summertime. Having fun is an essential part of our lives. It makes us feel good and keeps us psychologically balanced. So why would we consider that God can be against something that's so, so good for us? We're his children and he wants the best for us. And what I know today is that God created fun, not Satan. That our having fun is not a threat to God and that having fun does not disgust God. Amen? I should hear a big amen for that. So I propose if Christianity is not fun, it's not pleasing to God nor man. Amen? So I want to answer three questions today. Well, we're going to be done good time today <laughs> is god opposed to fun how do we know god created us for fun and how do we do fun as believers some people imagine god to be a cruel taskmaster opposed to all kinds of fun and pleasure he's serious he's a god of rules but this is not an accurate picture of god in the scripture it says taste and see that the lord is good and if fun is good then god is good and god's not opposed to our fun and our good amen you think about it god's design He put us in a garden called Eden. He put us in a garden called pleasure. That's what Eden means, it means pleasure. He put us in a garden called pleasure. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been out in nature and in a beautiful walk in gardens or something, it is gorgeous. It is exhilarating. It's refreshing. It enlivens you. God put us in a garden called pleasure. So I don't think God's opposed to pleasure. Actually, Jesus didn't mind a good party. He often made references to parties and celebrations as a means of teaching spiritual truths. In fact, Jesus launched his um, miracle ministry at a party. Amen. Amen? At the wedding of Cana. Jesus declares that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And a full life, excluding fun, is not a full life at all. Then it gives us the Holy Spirit that our joy might be full. Then the fruit of this indwelling Holy Spirit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. Then there's a witness of scripture. The Bible itself describes God as delighting. He says in zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 it says god delights over us and sings over us with joy amen proverbs eight thirty and 31 is like a metaphor for jesus and listen to this in the passion translation i was there close at the Creator's side as his master artist daily he was filled with delight in me and i played playfully rejoicing in him. I laughed and played, so happy with what he made, while finding my delight in the children of men. God finds delight. It says in Psalm 16, you've made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy. In your presence are eternal pleasures forevermore. So one of the themes that we'll discover in the uh, Bible, both Old and New Testament, is that you should enjoy life while you can. And it's all through the scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says this, when God taking the people into the promised land, said, observe the commands of the Lord, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams, and springs that gush out of valleys and hills a land with wheat and barley vines and fig trees pomegranates olive oil and honey and a land where the bread will not be scarce so you will lack nothing a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills when you've eaten and are satisfied praise the lord your god for the good that he has given you amen this was a call for Israel to live large in the promised land because it would be a testimony to God's blessing in their lives and to the nations that surrounded them. Just a couple more scriptures about enjoyment. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth. So we don't put our hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put your hope in God who richly provides us everything Everything we need for our enjoyment amen James 1:17 says every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the father of life who does not change amen and Psalm 104 says he makes the grass grow for the cattle plants for the people to cultivate bringing forth food from the earth wine that gladdens the heart to make their faces shine and bread that sustains their hearts amen Ecclesiastes 2.4 says, A person can do nothing better than to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too I see is from the hand of the Lord. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? There is no lasting enjoyment without God. There's no lasting, fulfilling enjoyment without Jesus Christ. God gives us life as a gift. The desire of God's heart is for us to enjoy this gift of life, amen? He didn't mean for us to have a life of dreariness and drudgery. He meant for us to enjoy it. Otherwise, why would he put us in a place called pleasure? Just think about that, just think about that. Now, God may have created boundaries around pleasure, not to keep us from enjoying life, but to show us how to live it fully, amen? Like fire in my fireplace is a good thing. (laughs) Fire in my living room, not so good. (laughs) River flowing flowing within the banks is a good thing. Rivers overrunning the banks is not a good thing. Highways are important, the shoulder and the ditch is not so good. So there's boundaries for our experiencing life to the fullest. So how do we know that God created us for enjoyment? God created us with the ability to experience pleasure. The beauty of creation and diversity of humanity shows us God's creative palette. Our physical being, everybody pinch yourself, provides several indications that God provides and God designed you to enjoy your life. Just think about your senses. See, hear, taste, smell, touch. I can see color. Like, God, I can see color. Imagine a black and gray world where we never saw, imagine people who are colorblind who never see the beauty of a red or a fuchsia or, you know, aubergine or the aqua color of the Caribbean Sea or the blue sky or the green meadows. He gave us uh senses so we can enjoy these things he gave color so we could enjoy it and see it and to see you know there's nothing more beautiful I, my favorite thing in the world is to see a dad walking down the street with a little person hanging onto their hand and looking up to, i can see that and it brings pleasure and joy to me. How about hearing? There's nothing like the laughter of a child, nothing. I'll watch endless YouTube videos of children laughing just because it feels so good and brings me so much joy. How about tasting? <laughs> now food is, food is a good thing, <laughs> other than liver maybe, but whatever. <laughs> Imagine if we, nobody would eat if food tasted awful. Like we would die. <laughs> like just think about that. And we have these taste buds, thousands of taste buds on our tongue to enjoy food that sustains us, like Cherry Garcia ice cream. I can remember one time, and food brings back memories too. If you have a have something, all of a sudden it can trigger a memory. I remember one time we were um, in Brockville visiting Carl's brother, and we went out to somewhere to have lunch, and they had on the menu cream soda. <laughs> And so I decided to have a cream soda and I just guzzled it. And my brother-in-law said to me, said, what's that taste like? I said, it tastes like childhood. It tastes like good days at my grandma's cottage. So we have these senses of smell. There's nothing like walking into a house with a, a pot of bolognese stewing on, on the stove. And how about touch? I touch everything. If I go shopping, I touch everything. These are senses that are not just functional, but they're intended for us to enjoy all the, all the things that God has given us in creation. Amen? Yes. The variety of tastes and colors and sounds and textures in the world point to a creator who designed our sensory experience to bring delight and enjoyment. That's good. How about the neurobiology of pleasure? Our brains are pre-wired to respond to pleasure. Isn't that crazy? That's what happens when people you know, be, become have troubles with substance abuse. They have co-opted that pleasure center of their brain, but we are pre-wired to enjoy pleasure. The intricate neurobiology system suggests a purposeful design by God to experience enjoyment. How about endorphins and well-being? Physical activities such as running or playing sports release um, feelings of happiness and they reduce pain. I used to run. <laughs> I couldn't run from here to the back of the church anymore, but I used to run. And it was painful for the first 10 or 15 minutes. But when I got a half-hour run in, I felt elated. It was so good. Those, you know, those are I am wired to have feel-good feelings, and I have endorphins and hormones in my body intended to bring me pleasure. How crazy is that? How about sensual experiences? The design of our bodies allow us to engage in intimate um, and relational experiences and in marital intimacy, and these experiences aren 't just for reproduction, but they contribute to the enjoyment of marriage and the connection between a husband and wife. How about beauty? In- yeah, I said that. I talked about sex in marriage. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> it 's supposed to be good. Amen. it's supposed to be enjoyable. And to think that God designed our bodies to have sex, whoa. But again, He provides boundaries so that you can fully appreciate and experience that pleasure. Beauty and aesthetics. Our capacity to appreciate beauty, whether nature, art, music, or other forms, suggests that our very physical beings are attuned to aspects of creation, laughter, and social bonds. The ability to laugh and experience humor is a unique human experience. Although, you know, the laughing hyena does sound like he laughs, but it is a unique human experiencing. Recognizing our physical divine supports our capacity for enjoyment, and it reinforces a concept that God created us to experience a multifaceted, enjoyable life. Amen. Amen so how should we do fun as a christian that was always my struggle when i was thinking and contemplating about coming to christ am i ever going to have fun again (laughs) although i can honestly say my journey my early journey with god was very fun and very fulfilling so i'm not saying that following jesus is unfun it has been the best fun i've ever had in my life the book of ecclesiastes we're going to get some sagely advice from a wise king it was roughly translated the preacher and it was written by king solomon who was known for his wisdom, his wealth, his prosperity, cultural advancements, and his literary contributions like proverbs, the book of um, the book, or the Song of Songs, and the Book of Ecclesiastes? He's also known for his challenges and his downfalls. His challenges of a lavish lifestyle, heavy taxation, um, wedding way too many women, and introducing foreign gods into the life of Israel. And he also has some fails. Um, succession plans when he left the kingdom to his son Rehoboam he was heavy-handed he divided the kingdom it was never the same the book of Ecclesiastes is written later on in Solomon's life and I don't know about you but if I was to write a book about life in my 30s and then write about a book right a book about life in my 60s they would be two very very different books amen and so there's something to be said about solomon writing this book nearing the end of his life because he's lived a lot of human ex- experiences as he does he realizes that many of life's situations justify explanation and therefore you find through the book vanity vanity all is vanity i don't know if you've ever read ecclesiastes it's kind of depressing <laughs> He doesn't pull any punches. He's not looking at life with rose-colored glasses. He weighs the good and the bad. He starts off kind of despondent and hopeless, but ends with sagely advice that we should revere God. It's a book of difficult questions, much like the ones we answer on an everyday basis. But let's just for today consider the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, which is found several times in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he said this, I command or commend the enjoyment of life because nothing is better for a man under the sun than to eat, drink, and be glad. Then joy will accompany him in his work all the days of life that God has given him under the Sun now it may be appear that Solomon is advocating license or heeding, hedonism but if you consider the phrase against the backdrop of his collective writings one can see many profound lessons and a balance between enjoying life and seeking a meaningful experience so back to how do we have fun as Christians embrace the moment in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 to 13 Solomon gives this lengthy list of life's experiences a time to be born a time to die a time to plant a time to harvest a time to cry a time to laugh a time to grieve a time to dance a time to scatter a time to gather a time to search a time to quit searching time to keep time and a time to throw a time to tear a time and on and on and on there are many moments in our lives many many moments some very very good some very very devastating and moments that defy logic completely but in the end he said this in verse 12 so I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy enjoy yourselves as long as we can and people should eat drink and enjoy the fruits of the labor for these are gifts from God Solomon concluded embrace life and enjoy it extract everything you can from those joyful moments because life has a way of beating you up 12 ways to sunday amen so when you're having fun have fun don't do it half heartedly go all in and have some fun because tomorrow might be a really crappy day because we know by life that life happens and things happen that defy meaning defy logic and even defy our expectations as believers amen so extract Embrace a moment, take everything you can out of those joyful moments. I feel like I'm spitting. He also taught us about contentment in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, he who loves money will never be satisfied. It's not that you can't have money, but the love of money will never satisfy like God can. Nor he who loves his wealth with his income. This is also vanity. Eat, drink, and be merry isn't contingent upon how much money you have. While we know that every good and perfect thing from, comes from God and that it gives us all things for our enjoyment, enjoyment it doesn't come solely from the accumulation or con- consumption of material things amen true happiness pleasure fun is not found in the quantity of our possessions but in the quality of our experiences amen third thing find joy in relationships I love this translation it's Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7 to 9 and it's the message translation <laughs> seize life <coughs> I seize those words <laughs> actually they see <coughs> They seized me. Eat your bread with gusto. Pause and think about that. Eat your bread with gusto. Eat your pizza with gusto. There is nothing like traveling Italy and eating pizza for breakfast, lunch, and supper. <laughs> Seize life, eat your bread with gusto, drink wine with a robust heart. Oh yes, God says take pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. If you did that, you might not look like a boy. Don't skimp on color and scarves. Relish life with your spouse you love. Each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get. Exchange for hard work and staying alive. Make the most of each one. Eat, drink, and be merry. Merry Merry is an invitation to cultivate relationships and community. We're encouraged to enjoy the company of loved ones. Sharing a meal, laughter, and conversation are actually acts of connection that enrich our lives and remind of the importance of relationship number four have a balanced approach oh very good Chantel. i'm impressed have a balanced approach like if you've been around long enough you know that i like ben and jerry's is it tom and jerry's no that's a cartoon ben and jerry's cherry garcia ice cream like i really like this it's like digging in a gold mine i can dig for chocolate chunks and i can dig for cherries and then the ice cream itself tastes wonderful, <laughs> so I open up a tub of Terry Garcia intending only to eat like a quarter of it because one tub is a thousand calories, so I have to forego two meals in order to have my tub of Terry Garcia ice cream. But eating one tub, that's okay. Eating one tub three times a day, seven days a week, that's not balanced. You actually might get sick and I actually might get fat. Balance, have a balanced approach to your enjoyment. While eat, drink, and be merry encourages us to relish life pleasures, it also calls for balance. We learn that enjoyment comes from the hand of God, balancing our pursuit for joy with the responsibility and mindfulness to live purposely. And that's in Ecclesiastes 2.24. And Ecclesiastes 7.16-18 said, and this is a balanced approach to life too, because when I first got saved, You know I'm an all-or-nothing kind of person so I was all in and so I was all in for being good and anything that that I didn't deem good from the Bible was bad (laughs) so Ecclesiastes Solomon says this don't be too good or too wise why destroy yourself (laughs) like it's a lot of work to be too good or too wise just let the goodness of God permeate your life On the other hand, don't be too wicked. Don't be a fool. Why die before your time? Pay attention to these instructions for anyone who fears God will avoid extremes. And actually it says a man of wisdom avoids all extremes. He holds on to one thing without letting go of the other. So there's a responsibility and there's enjoyment. And I'm not going to let go of either of them. And then the last thing, have eternity in your perspective. Even as we live life moments, and I tell you to extract everything you can from each moment, Ecclesiastes reminds us of life's transience. While we eat, drink, and be merry, it speaks of the present, but we must also consider an eternal perspective. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire, and it will be tested the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive award. And so, you know, I have a responsibility to live responsible with my life, the life that God gave me to live, you know? And so I want to build on that life good things that have an eternal reward. But I don't want to do it without having fun doing it, amen? Or that's very dreary. All work and no play makes sure I a very dull person. Actually, she makes me a very mean person. Our actions should reflect our reverence for God and his commandments. Eat, drink, and be merry is more than a license to indulge. It's an invitation to find joy, meaning, and balance in the tapestry of life. As we savor flavors, as we laugh, and relationships are enriched on our journey, let us also remember the responsibility of our calling to God and to one another. Live fully. Embrace the present while keeping our eyes fixed on eternity. Let us go forth with gratitude, sharing life's simple pleasures with a heart full of joy so use a good china don't wait for guests use a good china every single day savor the beauty of a sunset or a mountain vista hold tightly to that sleeping baby because they're not sleeping babies for long and take in that beautiful baby breath let the warm sun of breeze kiss your face eat chocolate slowly And lasagna with joy savor that sip of wine and enjoy your morning coffee take a vacation before it's too late don't wait for retirement do it now take time for friends laugh out loud there is nothing better there's no better medicine than laugh amen and don't laugh quietly laugh out loud if you've been around the office at any given time You will notice that Madeline and George had the loudest laughs I've ever heard in my entire life. Laugh out loud, laugh with your friends. Don't hold it in if something's funny, laugh. It's good for you. Sit by the campfire and allow the warmth of the fire and the friends warm your heart. Stop and smell the roses or smell the lily of the valley. Go to an art museum, there's something, I've been to the Louvre, it's gorgeous, there's something beautiful, about that someone can paint something so realistic is shocking to me. I can barely draw stick figures. And just think about that creativity and that gift and that skill and all for us to enjoy. Go to the art museum swim in the ocean, go snowboarding, dance at the wedding. Don't be the wallflower, dance at the wedding. And if you're gonna go to a wedding, go with George and the McCleary kids because they know how to dance and have fun at a wedding. Eat the lobster mac and cheese. (laughs) Go to a concert, learn to play an instrument, go to a play. Get a dog, pet a dog, kiss your dog. Enjoy your tub of Cherry Garcia, but not three. Go body surfing in the waves. Take a walk and enjoy nature's bounty. Take at least one motorcycle ride in your life. Go ziplining. Do something you're afraid to do. It will be exhilarating and will take you away. (laughs) If you love to work, then work hard. But make sure that you always try to play hard and have fun. In conclusion, and I am concluding, whoa. (laughs) When Solomon says to enjoy life, Eat, drink and be merry it is in the full realization that what we have whether much or little comes from God and it should be enjoyed with a spirit of gratitude When we have the right focus about pleasure, it compels us not only to enjoy the moment, but to praise our provider. That perspective makes all the difference in lifting eating and drinking and merriment from a sin to a blessing so that we can enjoy both God and his gifts. A person can do nothing better than to eat, drink, and find satisfaction in their own toil. And Solomon said, this too I see is from the hand of God. Joy and fun is from the hand of God. For without him, who can find enjoyment? My last slide. I love this quote. I don't know who it was, it's just unknown. Religion should never be an excuse to exclude joy and laughter from our lives. True spirituality, if you wanna call yourself a spiritual person, true spirituality embraces both reverence and celebration. Amen? You know when i think about it it says that jesus was anointed with joy above his brethren and the word tells us as jesus is so are we to be in this life which means we should be anointed with joy above our brethren amen and that should be a testimony to people the joy should not be just something we experience in the house of the lord it should be something we experience in everyday life and it becomes a witness and a testimony to everyone around us amen so we're going to close off by singing a song because songs make me happy and singing is fun. And let's just like kick this up. So have some fun, amen? Don't be a Debbie Downer, have some fun.
0: Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Hey, hot fun in the summertime. Man, summer, a lot of my good memories are summertime fun. Pastor Cheryl's going to show you that God is right behind fun. I mean, there's no one more fun than God. And he wants you to experience life that is full and fun. Fun is a strong, strong theme for us. And look, Pastor Cheryl's going to help you. You're going to enjoy this. Come on, get ready to have some fun.